very good evening to you on Fellowship Day 264. I've got the feeling that the numbers, <laughs> the days of the fellowship as I call them out to you are getting further apart. don't know if that's true. I feel like I'm definitely not doing uh, the podcast as regularly at the moment. January, February, tis the season to round up all the grant applications I want to put in for the year. I've put some of those in already. I've had some uh, endearingly, some really keen and ambitious undergraduate students come forward to who are going to come and work with us in the summer, which is great. So the ball's rolling on the endless paperwork of getting those ideas distilled on paper and the hope that the begging bowl for cash will be filled up with yet more money to keep us going over the much, much longer term. Now, wow, there we go. It's almost like a traditional tangent at this point, isn't it, to get off on the start of a podcast completely unscripted and not know where the hell I'm going after that. But anyway, here we are. There is a point to all of that. There's a point to being here. There's something I've been reflecting on and want to share with you as a prompt and consideration, as always. And on day 264, I've actually been looking back, he says, sideways, looking at the podcast list at the days 200 and... No, not 200. Shut up, Mark. Days 186 and 202. 186 and 202, what were we talking about back then? Day 186 was when I reflected on mentors and coaches and the differences between those, the value of each. In day 202, a wee bit more abstractly, I mentioned not striking while the iron was hot, but while there was an iron there to strike. So on day 264, there's a bit of a, a me meeting of those worlds. And I've been thinking about something that overlaps with both of those previous days. So day 264 is today. Yesterday, day 263, a day I wasn't recording, was hosting a dear mentor of mine, Dr. Fraser Kerr, who had um, been able to come and visit our team in Glasgow. And it wa wasn't just marking a, a great opportunity to have Fraser, someone with a wealth of experience in the chemistry-related industries that we're working in, but also marked our first full in-group meeting for two years. So it was magic for both of those reasons, getting everyone in the team together to talk science and to be able to hold someone, host someone in the group that I hold very dear as someone that is a great sounding board for my ideas and how, how uh, little or big some of those ideas are to test the waters on them, to see how nice they are, how applied they are and, and who might care about those ideas if applied correctly. So it was a really fantastic day, and actually linking it back to one of those two previous days that I mentioned, day 186, talking about mentors, it really confirmed for me a lot of what I was trying to share with you about mentors on that day. But I said this also overlaps with day 202, where I was talking about striking, not while the iron is hot, but while there's an iron there to strike. And in conversation with... Fraser, what I was reminded of is that at these early stages of this fellowship and with what we're developing being a, a sort of platform 
on which a lot of applications can be thrown at it. To put it very bluntly, we're at a sort of scattergun stage. We are in a privileged position to be looking at a lot of different applications of the same technology without having to hold near and dear one particular application over another. We are, in other words, sort of chemistry agnostic whilst developing a chemistry-specific application and one that one day might go beyond chemistry. But to put that more simply, we are very much in an exploratory phase. We are using a sort of minimum viable product development of what we are working on and reaching out, extending the hand of collaboration and exploration wherever we can. So what I mean by that more simply is we've got a lot of projects internally in the group that are looking at a broad range of different application areas for the same technology. But we've also got uh, industrial partners on the projects on the, this UKRI fellowship in particular that are helping with uh, industrially focused problems, collaborative applications outside of academia. And then finally, we've got uh, a growing range of collaborations between our group and other academic chemistry groups uh, around the UK and beyond. So it's highly exploratory, it's scattergun, it's casting the net wide. And this is all to bring me to today's thought and today's prompt. It has been the reminder of day 186 and the value of mentors and a reminder of striking not while the iron is hot, but while there's an iron there to strike that brings me to this. You can use such exploratory phases of your work to assess the push versus the pull. You can explore in order to assess push versus pull. Now, what, what does that mean? When I mention that there's various collaborations that we have, that's not to say it's the only collaborations that we've explored. A lot of this exploratory scattergun phase has come with a great many conversations, thinking that a collaboration might come out of them, or a great many ideas scribbled down on paper, thinking that a project might come out of it. But either the collaborative discussion has come to a natural, amicable close, it's fizzled out to nothing, or the ideas in the lab that we've explored turned out to be bogus. I've tried a few experiments and it didn't come to anything. A lot of failure, a lot of trying and a trying and seeing, you know, uh, uh, casting that net wide has been as much about, he says, struggling for the analogy. <laughs> I'm casting a net, so what are we talking about really? Yeah, it's as much about the fish <laughs> that wriggle through the net as those that remain inside it. I don't know, that's a kind of rubbish analogy, isn't it? Hopefully you get what I'm meaning. But the point of this to bring it back to push and pull is that there's a lot of collaborations, a lot of ideas, a lot of broad applications we're looking at now. But the potential list of those applications and collaborations was much, much broader, much bigger, much longer, a much longer list than those that have actually played out into something tangible. And this is where 
the thoughts, the concept of push versus pull comes. When you've got a lot of push, that is to say that you're having to do most of the heavy lifting. You're having to sell, sell, sell. You're having to, yeah, do a lot of work to convince people or convince team members that something's worth pursuing. You're always pushing the idea onto others, essentially. That's the push. The pull is arguably more interesting. That's what happens where during such phases of exploration, you come across collaborators or ideas that seem smoother, build up an evidence base more quickly, and start to work, start to gain momentum, and don't require anywhere near as much salesman or, excuse me, salespersonship uh, in order to get the idea, get the work off the ground. In other words, pull is what leads you down the path of finding out who your work is truly for. That's a question that I prompt my team members with all the time. We work in quite an applied area of science, so we are well within our rights to always be asking who is this for? This platform, this technology that we are developing, who is it for? as well as who can it be for. At this exploratory stage, we are still asking equally, uh, in equal amounts of time, who can it be for, as well as who is it for. But with push versus pull, the pull leads you much more naturally, much more smoothly, with far less energy and wasted effort into the realms of who your work is truly for. And even a year into what is this exploratory stage for us, we're starting to see where the pull truly is. There are uh, those industrial partners who at the outset of this fellowship and during the application process remain as strong, as vibrant, as excited, as supportive, as in need of the technology as they ever were. But others, you know, for reasons beyond their control as well as ours, have either had to move to pastures new or not not be as um, not be as magnetized by the idea as they once were I'm struggling for words on a lot of fronts tonight aren't I but anyway push versus pull that's the thought and consideration for today and I reflect on it a little bit more I'm hoping that it still helps you with uh, another project area that I worked on before this fellowship, which was in the realms of virtual reality for safety training. Um, this is something I still do a bit. I've had some success in this space, published on it. And it's been tied with some of my earliest attempts to do commercialization work uh, beyond research. And it was therein trying to understand who that technology might be for that led me to see firsthand some of the real exhaustion that can go into always having to push. So a long story short, that was an area in which I felt looking back now that there was a lot of push that had to get done. And it's another conversation to consider why push might be the case 
know, why you're having to push, why there is resistance, or why people can't quite see the value of the idea or the technology the way that you can. But nonetheless, that was a, a situation where there was a lot of push. I had to sell, sell, sell. I was traveling a lot. I was going to various companies, talking to a lot of people. But in many cases, the conversation didn't get past the first meeting or the second meeting or uh, in some other cases, conversations that went on for longer looked like something might play out. Fizzled out because there perhaps wasn't funding support and the idea wasn't delicious enough for that collaborator uh, to put their own money in. Uh, it's easy to start sounding cynical with things like that, but that's not the way it was at all. It was a really enjoyable exploration, but at the same time, exhausting. And so that was an example where it got to such a, a level of push that I had to, I was almost blinded by the evidence until it got to a, a, a turning point where I absolutely had to realise I couldn't miss the fact that my efforts could be much better spent elsewhere. The time could be much better spent on other projects exploring other spaces where there might be more pull than push. And it's ultimately, really, that looking for push, uh, no, not looking for push, looking for pull, keeping eyes wide open and, and horizons as broad as possible, that I think eventually helped me get onto the fellowship that I'm on now. I moved off an area where it was a lot of push and it was in a space that was more established and far more competitive. And having taken a risk to explore uh, more niche ideas, it's turned out that that has moved me, moved our team into a domain that has more pull than push. So I said at the outset that on the basis of uh, hosting Fraser in our team yesterday and thinking about striking well there's irons there to strike we have ultimately moved into a space that's got more pull than push but there is still push there and that exploratory scattergun casting in that wide phase however you want to analogize it that part where we still find ourselves a year into this fellowship is hugely valuable because it's forever refining where the pull is and forever providing the feedback that we need to see where the blood, sweat and tears are best poured going forward. So for you then, I do wonder, and I do hope that some of you will reach out via the web pages for our Q&A episodes that we're hoping to host this year. But I do wonder... What are you exploring? Where are the ideas that you have that would benefit from a scattergun approach to reach out to as many people as possible, to try as many application avenues as possible in order to find where you're having to push, where you're having to sell the idea, where you're having to put in a lot of extra effort to convince someone that it's worthwhile versus the pool. 
where you learn who your idea is truly for. I hope your evening's off to a great start. As always, thanks for being here. Thanks for putting up with this unscripted ramble. Thanks for staying long enough to find the, the tiny wee nuggets of value <laughs> inside these mixed analogies and a tired, increasingly monotone voice. It's been a tough day, but here we are. Have a good night. I'll see you again soon for another episode of the Read Indeed podcast. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head over to the website where not only will you find the written blog versions of these podcasts, you'll find my leadership blog series, the daily thought series, and information about my book on managing the imposter phenomenon. We also have even more free resources and webinars linked to the YouTube channel. So head on over to dr-mark-read.com. That's dr-mark with a c-reid.com. Thanks again for listening.